You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. God made me punch in the accurate numbers. My castle won't crumble. What I tackle will fumble. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening a cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked I make all my moves on the board, I invented my steps uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler, I feel like Mansa Musa Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda Triangle, look at it from my angle I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels yeah. I'm a king Heavy is the head that wears the crown I put in extra work that just can't be found I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing Look me in my eyes cuz I'm a king king Look me in my eyes cuz I'm a king king We having all types of things going on right now. I'm having some issues. I'm sorry. Listen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. I've been having some technology mic wasn't working the first time. Now I come back. Technology just don't want to work when when it's supposed to. But it's all good. We here. It is Tuesday. It is Tuesday, November 9th and Look, this is going to be a special episode. I got my man Carlos Williams Sr. coming to join me. going to come kick it with me again. Um, he's been on the Code of Conduct before. We're going to talk a little bit about this run game. We're going to talk a little bit about the run game. Uh, we're going to talk about Josh. We're going to talk about this MVP thing going on. We're going to talk about, um, look, we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. But before I get into that and before I bring Carlos in, uh, first, I just want to acknowledge a couple people. I want to talk about a couple things. This weekend, this past weekend was a very successful weekend. Uh, I want to thank everybody who came out to Resurgence. I want to thank everybody who took part, who wasn't able to make it, everybody who donated. Um, look, it was a great time. It was a great time. We um, K-Gun was there. Uh, A-Dubs, Big Dubs was there. We had the whole chop-up crew out there, except my man Sterles for the girls. And we had some other, uh, you know, we just had some great people out there, man. So the, the Buffalo Rumblings beer release was dope. It was probably one of the best nights of, of my life. Uh, it just sucks that the day after the Bills didn't keep that weekend going. Uh, but we with it. We with it. So I just want to thank everybody. I want to thank BNMC for uh, their part in it. I want to thank part or I want to thank um, the market dominator, Mr. John Spaschek. Listen, let me tell you all how amazing this dude is. Not only did he uh, sponsor the event and not only did he. Um, you know, come out and make sure that me and my team was was in a good space. But he also he jumped on the show. He had a couple hot takes. One of them didn't quite go how he wanted it to go. We were uh, we were looking at he was looking at Mitch Trubisky to come in the game. But Mitch was out with COVID, so he didn't get a chance to do that. But shout out to John Spashek, man. It was a great, great thing, man. So, yeah, looking for a home. 
holla at the market dominator. Holla at the market dominator. Shout out to Eli. He's in the comments. Eli was there. Um, let's see. Trey wants to know if I watched the Buffalo City Council meeting today. I did not. So please fill me in in the comments. Let me know what happened in Buffalo uh, with the city council meeting. Let's see who else is in here. My man Richard Rush is in here and he wants to know, is there going to be a hump day hotline tomorrow? Yes, sir. Um, Joe is on vacation. Joe's out partying with the missus and they having a good time down on some beach and uh, he's neglecting us. But I got my man Bruce Nolan, Mr. Exclusive himself, is going to join me. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep the hump day thing going because we got we we need to get over the hump and look forward to this Sunday when we play against the New England. New England, good grief. I'm too far ahead. The New Jersey Jets. So let's get that thing going. Uh, let's see. Steve is in the building. What up, Steve? He wants to know if we can get Carlos to try out with the Bills. We need that pulse in the backfield. Look, I'm going to ask him. Like, hey, you've been sending tapes. <laughs> I need y'all to send some tapes to the Bills. So we're going to get there. Uh, K-Gun is in the building. What up, Kristen? I love Kristen. Let's see who else is in here. Uh, we we got we got some folk in here, so I appreciate y'all kicking it with me. Um, I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get right to it. Um, let's see here. So every Monday, y'all know how I do. I always. Um, oh wait, hold on. I'm receiving a message. Uh, my man Carlos just hit me and said uh, he has a situation to handle. So I don't know if that means he's going to be late or if that means he's not going to make it, but I will update y'all in a quick moment here. If not, we always got, you know, we got backups on deck because that's how we do with the code of conduct. So either way, we're going to have a good show. Um, I'll, I'll update you about, about Carlos in a moment here, but so getting to it, getting right to it. I always do my Monday thoughts, whether it's a win or a loss. And Obviously, after this loss, this was not a loss that we expected to have. Everybody going into it, if y'all watched the chop up on Saturday, watch um, the time to shine that I got a chance to fill in for Joe on. Look, everybody's like, yo, we're going to give him a 50 burger. I asked the question. I'm like, is there any way that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to beat the Buffalo Bills? And blah, blah, like, you know, I'm going through it. Everybody's like, we're going to blow this team out. Come to find out, we took an L, man. We took an L, 9-6 to six against the Jacksonville Jaguars. At the time, barely had a win to their record. We lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, so first in the comments, man, tell me, everybody, how, does that, how do you feel after this loss? I, I've, I've seen the comments. I've seen Twitter. I know everybody's a little upset. Um, but tell me how you feel. Tell me what's going on. Tell me, um, you know, for me, I can't say I was too upset. I wasn't that upset after the loss for a couple of reasons. First, I try not to just overreact. Um, no pun intended for Joe's show. I try not to overreact, though, because I feel like overreactions, what ends up happening is you end up looking at the game from a perspective to where you can't really, um, the emotions behind it won't allow you to be honest. <laughs> and the honest to God truth about what we saw Sunday is it was just everything that that we've been talking about all year on the Code of Conduct, on the chop book. On um, any show that you've seen or listened to me on, um, it's just been a consistent conversation that we've been having all year. And one of the things that the first step that obviously every everybody is talking about is that the offensive line didn't do their part. They didn't do their part. And and look, I can't blame the whole on the offensive line. So I'm not going to come out and say like, oh, my God, the entire offensive line completely sucked the whole game. And that was the only reason why we lost the game. There were multiple reasons. But I'm going to start with the with the offensive line. We have to be honest. Now, 
we love we love everybody on the team, right? I love I love Dion. I think it's a, a known fact that everybody in the city, for the most part, tends to love Dion. Um, Dion didn't have his best outing as our our star left tackle for the game. That wasn't something that, um, you know, it, watching the game Sunday, Dion didn't. I didn't leave. I didn't end the game feeling like okay, at least our tackle, our star tackle is in a good place. At least our star center is in a good place. At least our whatever is in a good place. That's not what I got. The offensive line was embarrassing Sunday from left tackle to right tackle. There were a few plays. I remember in the first quarter, I remember saying, oh, look at Cody. Cody made a block here. Cody did this. Look at that. And then two plays later, <laughs> it wasn't that. So, um, look, as much as as much as I want to see Cody win, as much as I want to see Dion win, and Dion, you already know Dion wins. Dion does it. Um, we I don't know if I want to say we missed Feliciano because I don't really feel like we missed him. I feel like we would have had just as bad of an outing if if Feliciano was in there versus whoever is in there. We just got to get it together. And it's one of the things where every week I talk about the run game. I heard I heard the coaching staff talk about the running attack this this week. Like we got to run the ball. Brian Dayball talked about running the ball and talked about um, taking or being accountable for um, everything that happened. Look, we can't, we can't put it on, we can't put it on Brian. I know that's the coach talk. That's what we're supposed to do as coaches. It starts with me, starts with me. And then Josh does it. It starts with me. I didn't play the best game. We played like shit. That's what Josh said. True. But what it comes down to is for me, the coach can call the best plays in the world. The coach can make sure that the best the best situation for your players, I'm calling it. This is the best play. Every time we run this play, we pick up a first down. Every time we run this play, it's normally a holding or whatever, right? If your line isn't blocking, I was just watching somebody else. One of my guys um, has a show, and I, I try to catch up, and I try to watch everybody. So I'm watching my guy, and one of the things that he said is like, you know, it just seems like Josh was tentative. And it seems like he was holding the ball too long and waiting. This is no shot at nobody, nobody who creates content, nobody who has anything going on. But I tell you what, if you watch that game and you feel like that had anything to do with Josh holding on to the ball, or even um, I saw my man Bruce tweet out during the game, I, th- I think it was Bruce, where he said, you know, this brings back a 2019 version of Josh. I didn't see that. What I saw was... Um, he didn't have the time at all to make any decisions. When the couple plays that he had during the game where he had actual time to throw, guess what? There was a completion. Um, he made a couple phenomenal throws. When I looked at uh, the one throw to Emmanuel Sanders where he's running to his left and then the ball looks like it actually goes all the way to the other side. It's like he, just incredible. Just incredible. Um, it's the offensive line. Is the offensive line. You can't block for your running backs. You can't block for your quarterback. You you know, you have some tight ends on your team, but this week we were without Dawson Knox. Sweeney is not that guy. There's a reason why he's not the first tight end because he's not that guy. And I just got a message back from Carlos. So this week it actually, um, we're not going to have Carlos. I'm going to, I'm going to follow up with him. Hopefully we get him back on next week. He has an emergency. So we're going to, we're going to, um, I'm going to pray for Carlos. Nothing, nothing wrong, nothing wrong with him. 
Uh, but we're going to pray for Carlos and his family for real quick. He just has a has a little situation he got to deal with. So Carlos Williams is going to join us next week. I'm going to send a couple DMs real quick to see if I can get my backups in here. And um, and we'll get it going. Actually, I saw my homegirl T Estelle in the comments. T, if you want to jump in here with me, hit me on the DM real quick. I'll send you the link, but hit me up first so I make sure that you're on here. Um, but But yeah, so first things first, offensive line has to be better. 100% has to be better. Secondly, I'm going to tell you what, this offensive line was more, or the, the, the officials were more embarrassing than the offensive line. The officials were more embarrassing than the offensive line. And the NFL has to do something about this. I'm not a part of the team, so I can say this. I'm not going to get fined for talking about how horrible they were. And it wasn't just our game. They were horrible all around the board this weekend. Completely horrible all around the board. I need them to fix this. I need them to get it together. Um, I saw a play where the referee actually bumped a player and then caught a flag on him. Got to get this together. Um, calling offsides, calling all types of things. Oh, shout out to my man. Shout, listen, I just checked out Mafia Talk. I need you to go and check out Jay. He's, um, and I, you know what? I probably actually said, I apologize if I, if I called you the wrong thing. I feel like it's Jay. Um, but same thing, Jay, my man, Carlos Williams, uh, he actually had an emergency, so he's not going to be able to, to kick it with me today. So do me a favor, man. Jump on Twitter. Jump in my DMs, man. And I'm going to send you the link. I want you to jump in here, too. I want to get your take, your feedback on this, because I was just watching your show and I was bringing up uh, kind of what you were talking about, about how Josh kind of looked tentative or he was holding on to the ball too long. Want to have some dialogue and some discussion about that. So let's talk about it, man. Uh and I apologize, everybody. It seems like I'm a little unprepared because I guess I am unprepared today. I was prepared to to talk to my man Carlos. So, uh, but it's all right. We're gonna we're gonna get this thing. We're gonna keep it moving. I gotta I gotta give somebody some flowers while I can smell them because normally I, I beat up on them. Isaiah McKenzie was very very good on special teams yesterday or Sunday. He had a very good game Sunday. Um, it still wasn't enough, and it wasn't his fault. This wasn't Isaiah's fault. Isaiah did his job. Isaiah was very aggressive. Isaiah, he came out, he he started the team off with good field position a few times throughout the game. It's exactly what we need. So all season, when I've been giving him a hard time and people are like, yeah, but he's second in the, or he's first in the stats as far as kickoff return. True. But he wasn't always making the right decisions. There's times you don't let the ball drop to, to be turned over on a kickoff. After 10 yards, that's a live ball. You got a couple times where you're getting, uh, you know, he's filled in punts where he should have run, where he didn't run, or it's times that he shouldn't have ran, but he ran. And look, we got to be, we got to be better mentally when it comes to that. And this past Sunday, he was better. He was better. The thing is, every single week, I tell us we have to win two out of the three phases in order to win the game. We lost two phases this week. We lost two phases. Now our defense played phenomenally. They played phenomenally. Nine points given up. That's it. But we didn't win on defense because they only gave up six points. Regardless of how you want to look at it, we didn't win that battle. Our offense didn't score. Our defense lost, even though our defense played great. Only giving up nine points. Special teams, we played okay. We did not win on special teams. One of the players on the Jacksonville Jaguars said that the Buffalo Bills just didn't seem like they were ready. Didn't seem like they uh, cared or didn't seem... Look, what you going to do? What are you going to do? If the team isn't ready, and it definitely looked like they slept, it definitely looked like they came up in there and was like, man, <laughs> we going to beat these boys. It's a, it's a lot to talk about nothing. That's not what happened. 
You can't expect just based on pure talent to come and beat these guys. It's the NFL. And we say this every week. A lot of people say it every week. That's why you play the game. Because any given Sunday, any given Sunday. Well, I'll tell you what. This past Sunday, we caught that L for a reason. (laughs) We caught the L because we weren't there. We caught the L because we didn't wake up in time. Fourth quarter at the end of the game is one thing. That's one thing. But you got to come out all four quarters prepared to to win. The very first play of the game on the offense came out, you had defenders in the back with Josh. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. And as much as I want to blame, again, I can't blame Josh. I saw a lot of stuff out there blaming Josh Allen for this game. I saw a lot of things out there, even blaming the run game. And I've been very critical about the run game all year. I've been very critical about it. This I can't put this on the on the on the run game. Now, one of the questions that I sent, you know, I'll, I'll kind of go through these questions. One of the questions that I sent Carlos to, that I prepared for, I said, you know, outside of Josh, the Bills had nine rushes for 22 yards Sunday. Nine rushes for 22 yards. That's a 2.4 average yard per carry. Not good. You add Josh's number to that, and it jumps up to 5.14 yards or 5.14 yards per carry. Something's wrong with the running game, but this past Sunday, I can't say that it's the running backs. It's the offensive line. If you don't have, and, and this is the argument that I make about that. You have to have one of two things or both in order to have a very good running game. You have to have an elite running back and whatever offensive line, or you need to have a very good offensive line with some talent behind you. When we had LaShawn McCoy and Carlos Williams and we had these other guys, we had a very good running, a a good offensive line. But we also had very elite running back play with LaShawn McCoy. When you look at the great teams in history and you look at the running back situation, Barry Sanders didn't have a line. He didn't have other weapons, but Barry Sanders made things happen. You know, you look at you look at just in just in history, you have to have a good line to block for that running back. If you don't have if your line doesn't look at look at what happened down in Dallas. Zeke was eaten, came out as a rookie. Zeke was eaten. And guess what? That line is no longer one of the best in football. It's no longer one of the best in football. And now you look at the last couple of seasons, take out the injuries. Take out the injuries. Last couple of seasons, he's just unable to run between those lines. You can't run behind that line. Now, he looks better this year. He looks a whole lot better this year. I might lose a bet against my guy, Rick, because I told him I didn't think he was going to hit 1,000 yards because everything that I've seen is that the line doesn't support him, and I just felt like he's kind of falling off a little bit. You need a line. You need a line. Now, is this the time that we start to to shuffle some things? Is this the time that you're talking about, hey, let's bring uh, Matt Breida in, see if he can kind of add some speed to that backfield? Is this the time that we finally, and actually, I I don't think that, um, now that I think about it, I don't even think Christian Wade is eligible. I think, isn't he injured or something like that? Or Bring Christian Wade in, some speed. Let's try something. Let's try something. I just don't know. I don't know if Matt Breed is the answer because from all that we saw from Matt, Matt Breed in the preseason and, and early in the season when they tried to give him a couple things here and there, he wasn't successful. He wasn't efficient. Matt Breed is very much, um, you know, he, he's a running back that you do have with committee. He's not somebody that you think you're going to put back there and then things are going to change. Nothing's going to change with Matt Breed. 
at least to me. And I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot. But one of the things that I haven't been wrong about so far, and I'm going to pat myself on the back on this. One of the things that I'm going to pat myself on the back about being correct is, is I don't care how much y'all yell at me and how much y'all tell me I'm wrong, but there are going to be games like Sunday where you're going to realize that you need to be able to run the ball. If the team isn't doing well and the team isn't performing the up to up to par, you got to run the ball, but you can't run the ball if you can't block. There's going to be times that Josh Allen is not going to be able to, to get the ball out like we want him to. Because you got to run the ball. More, no. I'm not asking to run the ball 30 times a game. I'm not asking to have a, a, a guy. I'm, I don't even need a Derrick Henry. I don't need Christian McCaffrey. Excuse me. I don't need a Christian McCaffrey back there. That's not what I need. What I need is the 15 to 20 times that we do run the ball, I need us to, to not get tackled for a loss. And I can't blame Devin Singletary. I can't blame Devin Singletary for for getting tackled for a loss when he gets the ball in his hands and he already has two guys, one on his ankles and one grabbing his arm. I can't blame Zach Moss and expect Zach Moss to run over four guys when the very moment that Josh puts the ball into his stomach that these he already has somebody hugging him. I can't blame those guys. I can't, but we need the run game. We need the run game. And now I even see, and, and everybody knows, I got, I got my guy Odell on the wall. I see Bills fans now. Before, nobody wanted Odell. I was, I was one of the very, very few that's like, yeah, let's take a look at Odell. Now you got Bills fans overreacting from Sunday saying, you know what? Let's just get Odell Beckham Jr. and let's like not even run the ball at all anymore. Let's just throw the ball. That's not even, that's not even slightly realistic. You want to run... You want to run an offense where you're just throwing the ball 47,000 times a game and you're basically telling teams, no, yeah, we want to be one-dimensional. Let's just be one-dimensional. You're absolutely – and you know what? Steve just said it in the comments. We need to run the ball. Otherwise, it's a one-dimensional offense. And I don't care how great Josh Allen is. I don't care if you put Peyton Manning in his best year back there. I don't care if you put Tom Brady in his best year back there. If you don't have some – look at Tom Brady every time he didn't have a line that could somewhat – block for him actually let's take a look at the last time he played in new england he left for a reason he left for a reason he left because he had nobody to block he left because he had no weapons y'all went to dog my man cam newton shout out to cam (laughs) y'all went to dog cam tom brady left for the same reason i don't care what team i don't care what quarterback i don't care what receivers i don't care what running backs we could put Thurman Thomas and we could put Thurman back there with Shady. It'll be the best, best backfield in history. And guess what they're going to do? Nothing. <laughs> you know why? Because you actually need a little bit of space. You need a little bit of space so you can make it at least the first move. You need it. You need it. You need it. You can't just throw the ball every single play. That's how you're going to get Josh Allen injured. That's how you're going to get Stephon Diggs injured. That's how you're going to get Cole Beasley injured. You have to be able to run the God. I'm sorry. I got to filter myself. You got to be able to run the ball. Got to be able to run the ball. So do you think Odell can at least help this offense? Because we can't do much else besides believing that our people would just play better. Look, The thing is, I don't believe the problem is the offense. 
I don't believe the problem is the offense. When you're asking me, well, Spence, what do you think the problem is? It's it's the you get Odell Beckham Jr. in there, and the only thing that we can, the only thing that will change is that now you have another guy. So we would technically have three guys that could just take the top off the defense. You got three guys that could do things, make spectacular catches. Um, I see my man T. Dobbs says no Beckham. There's going to be a lot of people that's on the other side of it. That's some people say no Beckham. You got a lot of fans saying Beckham. I'm on the side that I believe we should, we should at the very least reach out to Odell Beckham Jr., but not for the same reasons. I was on the Odell Beckham Jr. train prior to all of this. I feel like there's a, there's a misconception when it comes to Odell Beckham Jr., his abilities and um, his impact on the team and his impact as a player. There are a lot of people who look at Odell Beckham Jr. as a diva. They look at him as a cancer to the locker room. They look at him as somebody who is not an asset to a locker room. It's not true. It's not true. You look at what he did in, in New Jersey with the Giants. He was a very solid player with Eli Manning, who you can debate it all you want to. Go look at his numbers. Go look at his numbers. Eli Manning is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, he won, he won the Super Bowls. He got hot. He got hot in the playoffs. Dude is not. Dude is not, he's not his brother. He's not Peyton. There's no way in hell I'm going to say Eli Manning is, <laughs> or, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer because he's a Hall of Famer. That guy is, no. You put him with a quarterback. This will be the best quarterback that Odell Beckham Jr. would have ever had in his career. People thought Baker was going to be that guy. Yeah, Baker came out, they won Sunday. Good for Baker. And they look good. I'm not going to hate on him. Again, I, I'm critical of people. When they don't perform well, he performed well Sunday. Good job, Bake. Good job to him. But the problem is not Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. can make plays. Odell Beckham Jr. is a very elusive wide receiver. Odell Beckham Jr. is a very good teammate. I see Spud in the comments says, uh, Odell hasn't been good since 2016. Come on, man. He's a cancer. The thing is, I'm trying to understand where this narrative of cancerism, where he's a cancer where it comes from. When you talk about a cancer, um, I typically think about guys who ruin their locker rooms. That's not the case. Odell Beckham Jr. left this team, and the only person that really seemed to have a problem with him was Baker. <laughs> you had other players on the team right now who still depend on the quarterback to get them the ball, saying Odell Beckham Jr. is one of the best, the best teammates I've ever had in my career. So you say he's a cancer? I don't I don't hear that. And I'm not going to respect that there. We, we call these guys cancers and divas and all these things when in reality, you're just listening to takes that come on ESPN or you're listening to takes that people tweet out. But you have no idea why somebody would be called. A, he's not a cancer. Sal says that he cried his way out of New York. Uh, Yeah. Who wants to be in New York? Are you kidding me? I don't I don't know if everybody remembers what happened down there in New York, but it was not a situation where um, they were just winning. And Odell Beckham Jr. was look when you're a wide receiver, any position, any position. You have to depend on your teammates to do a lot of things. You got to, especially as a wide receiver, you depend on your quarterback. When you lose the Hall of Fame, quote unquote, Hall of Fame quarterback in Eli Manning. And then you draft a rookie. Hell no. Get me out of here. They go and draft Saquon Barkley. You knew that ball wasn't coming to him anymore. 
And then for all the people that's in the comments sitting here telling me that that Odell Beckham Jr. is a cancer and a diva, I just want to know what your opinion was on Stefan Diggs before we got him here. I also want to know, um, and, and, and Sal was saying, what about team loyalty? What about it? What about when the team is not loyal to the players? Like, I, I, I never hear this take when, when teams cut players after they signed a deal. You sign a four-year, $65 million deal with $20 million guaranteed, and then in year two, they cut you. I don't ever hear people feeling bad for being mad at the team. What about team loyalty? Man, forget the team and the loyalty to the team. I want my check every time. Give me my coins. Now, it could be a team game when the team is in it, but you're talking about organizations that's been crap from day one. The Giants are, are a joke. The Cleveland, you're taking the Cleveland Browns side? Come on, man. The Cleveland Browns have been a joke for decades. The Cleveland Browns were a joke. Buffalo Bills were a joke. Y'all bugging. Y'all absolutely bugging. David Reed says, D-Hop made it work with 13 different quarterbacks. OBJ is all about himself. D-Hop made it work with 13 quarterbacks, right? But guess who else won it out of Houston? Y'all not talking about D-Hop like that. D-Hop forced himself out of Houston. He made it work with 13 different quarterbacks. OBJ is all about himself. Again, y'all pick and choose the narratives y'all want to have. Because a year ago, two years ago, people were talking about Stephon Diggs the same way y'all talking about Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm not going to let it fly, at least not on the code of conduct. Y'all come in these comments, y'all going to put some respect on my man OBJ's name. How about that? (laughs) How about that? But let's move on. Let's move on. I do, but I do think that we should, I do absolutely think that we should take a look at him. From everything that I hear, it, it sounds like that um, the two teams at the top of his list would actually be the New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so I'm not sure if the Buffalo Bills are even in the discussion when it comes to him and his camp. Um, but, but moving forward to next week, let's move forward. We got the, we got the Jets. We got the Jets. Um, People still going in. People still going in on my joint. Odell is just like Diggs. Let him get in a good system. Odell will shine again. I agree. I agree. Spud's telling me to relax. I, I will relax. But but the thing is, I'm not going to relax when, um, you know, the takes that are in here are all, all about things that don't make sense. You know, so when you're saying he's a cancer, what does that mean? Where does that come from? When you're saying he's a diva, what does that mean? Where does it come from? Because everybody was very happy when the trade for Diggs went down, even though a couple weeks prior to that, everybody was talking about how much of a diva he is. The whole thing out of Minnesota was talking about Diggs coming to Buffalo. I can't wait to watch him request a trade because he's all about himself. Wide receivers historically have been about themselves. They don't feel like they're part of the game unless they're getting the ball. T. Dobbs says Diggs is being underutilized, and we're talking about Odell. Diggs is not being underutilized. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what, what it is we expect out of this team. Diggs is averaging one reception less than he did last season when he led the league in, in catches and yards. One reception less per game, and we're saying he's underutilized. He's not underutilized. The difference is the offense is going, is just, is just going differently. We have Emmanuel Sanders. Says Gabe Davis is idle on the bench. Gabe Davis is no Odell Beckham Jr., Gabe Davis is no Odell Beckham Jr. And I love Gabriel Davis. I love him. But I just, I just need y'all to, to, to really take time and, and understand what y'all are saying, man. 
I really need y'all to take time to understand what y'all saying. Odell Beckham Jr. is is one of the best receivers in the NFL still to this day. I'm not saying he's a top five receiver, but I can guarantee you he's better than a good number of receivers who are in the league right now who actually is a problem to their team. Y'all just, y'all be tripping, man. Y'all be tripping. Let's see. Shout out to my man, uh, Charlie Gross in the comments, man. Charlie, <laughs> shout out to Charlie. He, he, um, he he has some takes some at some times where some folk don't get with him. But I actually, Charlie, when you get a chance, man, throw in there. Let me know your thoughts on Odell Beckham Jr. Since that's what it seems like that comment took off. That's where everybody wants to go. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, while we're going there, I am going to I'm going to pivot for a moment about about Josh Allen. Um, so at the end of my thoughts, I typically always ended off by saying, I love you, Josh Allen. Kind of like, you know, like Beasley and the team does. Um, I'm seeing takes where people are saying that that, you know, Josh has regressed and Josh has this and Josh is that. And this was Josh's fault. Josh Allen um, is the same player every single week. So the weeks where he's throwing for 420 yards and five touchdowns and rush for one with no interceptions, he's the same player as he was this past Sunday with a couple interceptions and no touchdowns. The reason why it looks bad on days like last Sunday, as opposed to those other days is because the team didn't show up the same way. Josh is always going to fight every single play to get as much as he can. And this might be where people call it the sugar high Josh, or this might comes when um, you're talking about, this is the, the 2018 Josh or whatever. You know, there's so many things that so many nicknames we try to give Josh. This isn't Josh's fault. And shout out to Alyssa. Uh, my homegirl Alyssa's in the comments. She said that this was Dable's fault. I just, I, I still, uh, I respectfully disagree with this take. I, I, I can't, I can't say that we need a better game plan or we, I can't say that you have to call a better cause um, when you can call the best play. You got, you got Stefan Diggs one-on-one with their third cornerback on the outside. So you call a, you call the streak that you know is going to give you a touchdown every single time. Guess what? If that, if that type of play takes three seconds or one and a half seconds to develop, but yet you let guys go unblocked and then Josh has to, he has to scramble from the very second he catches the ball. You can't, you can't expect Josh to get the ball out to Diggs to even pay attention enough to throw it that way. If he has somebody trying to tackle him, that's not on Dable. That's not on him. That's on the line. That's on the players. The coaches can put in, the coaches can put you in every position possible, but the thing is, in between the lines, when you're on that field, when you're on the field, the coaches can only do so much. They can only call. They can only call the plays that they call, but the players have to perform. And when you got Dion, our star left tackle, allowing guys to touch Josh on the first play from scrimmage. When you have Cody Ford looking like he never came off the bench, sorry, and you know, and everybody knows I'm a Cody supporter. I love Cody. Cody was getting pushed around. Cody was getting Cody was getting slapped around all game. Cody did not look good by any means. You're talking about, um, you know, it, 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 the, the offensive line, I can't put this on Josh. I can't put this on Brian Dable. I can't put this on Coach McDiddy. 
Now, if you want to put this on Coach McDiddy from the standpoint, this was the best lineup that you thought you could put out there for an offensive line, okay. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. But the thing is, I think the real mistake is that, and not even, not even, because I want to, I want to say this carefully. <laughs> I don't think that it was even necessarily anything that had to be done at trade deadline. I think coming into this season, we knew that the offensive line was our weakness. That's where my issue is. You draft a guy that you want to develop that you know can be great, and then you let another team snatch him off your practice squad. That's where my issue is. You have guys that you, you know, and I don't think Lamp is any better. Lamp worse than Cody? I don't know. I don't know. But to me, this is the offensive line. 100%. This is the first time I'm going to come out and say, if I'm going to put the blame on some, it's the offensive line for me. It's the offensive line. So let me see. Spud said, allegedly, Cody Cody was graded 68.9, which was top five in the NFL last week. They must have watched a whole different game. I'm not sure what game they were watching, man. Spud, I don't know, bro. Because there's... And, in no way, shape, or form, in no way, shape, or form, did I see anything that made me say, yeah, yeah, Cody's top five in the NFL. No, no, sir. No, sir. Cody Ford looked, Cody Ford looked horrible. Cody Ford looked horrible. Daryl Williams looked horrible. Mitch Morse looked horrible. Ike Bucker looked horrible. Deion Dawkins looked horrible. The offensive line looked horrible. Bobby Hart, your squad was horrible. That's what it comes down to. I cannot, and I refuse to be mad at my running backs. I'm not coming at Zach Moss this week. I'm not coming at Devin Singletary this week. I'm not coming at Josh Allen. I'm not coming at Beasley. I'm not coming at, I'm not coming at nobody on that offense except of the offensive line. So, again, if you want to blame coaches in the, in the standpoint of saying, okay, well, you know what, that line was so weak, maybe you should have switched over to kind of something what the, what the Patriots were doing back in the day where they kind of, you know, snap slants, let Diggs and, and Beasley eat up those slants. Okay, maybe. Those are in-game adjustments that needed to be made. But, bro, it, there's nothing. There's nothing that that team could have done when you got guys that's literally, as soon as the ball is snapped, man, people are, like, in Josh's mouth. That's just, just no way. There's no way. There's no way. So let me ask you on the comments, though. Moving forward to the Jets. Moving forward to the Jets. What do you think the game plan should be this Sunday? Do you think we still focus on this run game, trying to correct it? Because this is the time. I know the 5-3 and three record is, is kind of is not the best. When you have the weakest, when you have the weakest schedule, and you are supposed to be a top three, top two team, Super Bowl contender. Yeah. This is not the record you want to see. But at the same time, this is the level of talent that you should be dominating. And that was why I was upset a couple of weeks ago. We beat, the, we beat the Dolphins and I was upset. And people were like, Spence, man, you got to relax. No, because of the way we won. Because of the way we won, you can't be happy. You can't be happy when you're out there and you're seeing that the offensive line is this bad. 
You're seeing, yeah, you win the game because the other team just isn't good. Now we're going against the Jets. The Jets are not good. They are not a good team. And there's nothing about the team that makes me feel like they can beat us. But I felt that same way this past weekend. I felt like the Jacksonville Jaguars had nothing for the Bills. I gave them props. I said, I love their quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a very good quarterback in this league for a long time. He's going to be a very good quarterback in this league for a long time. But he was not better than our defense. He was not. By the way, Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde. Okay. First. Secondly, Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer for all pro or we riot. Third, Tremaine Edmonds is a damn monster and a beast. And y'all going to respect my man, Tremaine. And if you don't, you already know how I am. Every week I'm making the noise. I'm making the noise. Seeing the comments go back. When you see the line is struggling, it's on the offensive coordinator to do things like roll Josh out, misdirection. Dayball has some blame. Can't only call nine runs. I mean... I agree with you, Randy, but how many calls, how many runs did you want to call when the line, why would you call more than nine runs when you're averaging two yards, you're averaging two point yards, 2.4 yards a carry? It's not even two and a half yards a carry. So if you ran it on four downs, you're still short of the first down. You can't even get three yards a carry to get a first down if you just want to run it every single time. How many times? Yes, only call it nine times if that's what the, if that's what it looks like. I, I don't want you to call no runs. Last season when I was, we need a run game, and I'm pounding the tape, we need a run game. It's because I felt like we needed to be able to move the ball at least enough to get first downs when teams figured Josh Allen out. But when you're running like this, 2.4 yards per carry? No, I don't want you to run 20 times a game. I'd be damned if I want my guys. I don't want Devin Singletary injured. I don't want Zach Moss injured. Yeah, they're running backs, but I don't want to put my guys in that situation. You get the ball and then you got to you basically got to run over five guys to get two yards on a first down. First and ten and you hand the ball off and now it's it's second and nine. Then it's third and seven. Then it's fourth and five because you ran the ball three times in a row and you can't get more than two point four yards of carry. No, nah, man. No, no. And I understand. I get to I, I agree with you as far as rolling Josh out and doing some things. But again, if the pocket can't if if these guys can't block from the very beginning of the play, like when the ball is snapped, how do you expect them to keep their position, move with the line and, and move that pocket? They're not going to protect Josh. They're not going to be able to do it. We need a better we need a better performance from our line. I'm not saying we need better players. I think Dion is our guy. Like one bad game doesn't make Dion all of a sudden have to disappear. Dion is still very good. Dion is still very good. He had a bad game. Daryl Williams was basically the MVP of our line last year. With Daryl Williams was the unsung hero. He was the guy that made stuff happen that we were like, you know what? We didn't expect this to happen. We didn't see this coming, and it happened. And it, we like Daryl. We like Daryl. Spencer Brown is out. When Spencer Brown is in, the line looks different. Even when Spencer Brown was struggling and he looked like a rookie, the line looked different. It looked better. We got injuries. We got injuries. We're going to be there. 
We're going to be there. My man T. Dives brings up another good point. I keep saying my man, and I don't know if it's a man or a woman, so I apologize if if you're a woman. Uh, but T. Dobbs says, we need misdirection. Motion plays in the backfield. Too bad McKenzie can't run jet sweeps this year. This is the thing, and I agree with this take. We need McKenzie back involved in the offense, and not just even for the jet sweeps. You look at the fact that um, in the red zone, we're struggling this year compared to last year. We're not doing anywhere near as good as we were doing last year when it comes to that. Nowhere near. And part of the reason for me is the fact that we're not utilizing Isaiah McKenzie at that capacity. We got to learn to utilize him again. It was at points last year where even when we weren't using him, he would be on the field. He would come on the field and the entire team, you would see the defense follow him. And then, yeah, it's an easy drop off to, to Beasley or it's an easy pass to Knox because three guys followed Isaiah McKenzie. That's what we need. That's what we just bring him in. Even if we don't use him to do it, just bring him in because he's a distraction. He's that much of a weapon that teams get scared when he's on the field. Cause now you have to, you have to worry about Isaiah McKenzie. You always have to worry about Josh scrambling. You always have to worry about Beasley. You always have to worry about Diggs, and you always have to worry about Sanders. You got to do it to a place where you can't double anybody. They don't worry about the run game. They don't give a damn about the run game. Why? Because they, we can't block. We have, to, we have to figure that out. We have to figure that out. So against the Jets, I, I kind of got away from it that quick. I accidentally and got away from it. What's the game plan? What's the game plan? Matthew wants to know if there's any uh, merit to not showing plays for the playoffs of vanilla game plan. I do. I do think there's some merit to that, but I think it... I think you have to do this when you're in the position to do so, you know, because you still have to make the play. And, and we're in the, we're going to make the playoffs. Don't take this as a negative conversation. I'm very, very confident that the Buffalo Bills make the playoffs. We win the division conference. Maybe it's a long season. We still have time. But as of right now, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans as being the best team in the AFC today. We can still beat them. We can, or we can still overtake them in the conference if they lose a couple games. But do I think there's merit to not showing plays for the play? I do. But the thing is, you can't be losing nine to six. <laughs> you can't save all those plays for the playoffs if you don't make the playoffs. You got to win. Herm Edwards said, we play to win the game. And you got to play to win a game. It's time out for, for holding it down until so-and-so and waiting until the playoffs and doing this and doing that. It's time out. Let's see. I was just saying on the Mafia talk, is it possible we can have Stevenson take our punt, kick, return, uh, roll over, and have McKenzie back in the scheme? If you've been watching the Code of Conduct or you've been watching the Hump Day Hotline or the Chop Up, you know that this take is one that I'm on. This, this take is one that I've been preaching since probably, actually since week one. I love Isaiah McKenzie. I love Isaiah McKenzie. But the thing is, I think Isaiah McKenzie is way more valuable to this team in the offense than he is. And, and matter of fact, here's another take for you, because I, everybody knows we just had this whole discussion about Odell Beckham Jr. I love Odell Beckham Jr. And I would like the Buffalo Bills to take a look. But if you put Isaiah McKenzie back in this offense, I don't believe the Buffalo Bills even need to take a look at Odell Beckham Jr. Because you have everything you need with Isaiah McKenzie. That's how good Isaiah McKenzie was. 
That's how good Isaiah McKenzie is. You put Isaiah McKenzie in this offense, he's a weapon. We don't need Odell Beckham Jr. I know a lot of you want to say, well, we have Gabriel. Gabriel Davis is not Isaiah McKenzie. Gabriel Davis is not Odell Beckham Jr. If he was, I promise you, he would have more targets this year. Now, he played very good last year. He played big. And he's going to have a lot of successful years for this team. He's going to be very good in this league. But right now, he's not getting those targets. He's not getting those snaps. You can't fight. You can't fight talent. And you can't fight performance. The coach has no choice but to play you when you're good. Look at Spencer Brown. They did not want to start Spencer this year. Part of that plays into the fact that Cody wasn't playing up to par. But they could not keep Spencer Brown off the field because he was just popping off. He was popping off the film during practice. He was popping off the film in the preseason. You couldn't help but notice who Spencer Brown was. And if Gabriel Davis had the same type of impact in practice, and if he had the same type of impact in the game when he's on there, you wouldn't be saying, well, he's on the bench just wasting away. Because he would be in the game. He would be in the game. So I'm telling you, we need McKenzie back in his offense. We need McKenzie back in his offense. If we're going to keep him back there at punt kick return, go get Odell Beckham Jr. Go get my guy. Don't let him go to the Patriots. Not that I'm scared of him going to the Patriots because I don't think Mac Jones is it. He's been getting a lot of good. Mac Jones has been getting a lot of good publicity lately because they won a couple games. and starting to figure some things out. I'm not scared of the damn Patriots. Who's scared of the Patriots? Ain't nobody scared of the Patriots. Nobody. But you but you bring Odell Beckham Jr. to the Buffalo Bills, and I promise you, I'm already going to buy my ticket. I'm buying my plane ticket to come out there in February because it's going to be a parade. Y'all ain't got to see it that way because I know a lot of y'all don't like them. I promise you, if the Buffalo Bills sign Odell Beckham Jr. at some point this week, I'm going to post my plane ticket. And I'm actually going to post the ticket to the Super Bowl in L.A. Because I'm going to both of them. Both of them. And both with an F. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. I'm going. And I ain't letting that go. We can we can battle about that on Twitter. After the show, everybody hit me up. Uh, at Jay Spencer King. We could talk about it. Real quick. I feel like I'm neglecting to do some things. Let me shout out uh, JustInCaseBags.com. Or JustInCaseBags.net. I apologize. Um. We got some good stuff over there, just in case bags. Got got it going down. Y'all know how we do. We got something just in case for any event, whether it is that you're leaving work and you got to freshen up before dinner, you're meeting up with somebody. If you're leaving the gym and you don't have time to go home and you want to freshen up a little bit, we got just in case bags. Or even if it's just for a sneaky link and you're trying to meet up with somebody before your next thing that you got going on, we got everything that you need. Got something for the ladies. Got something for the fellas. Y'all know how I do it. I got the Zaddy shirt. I got the King shirt. Go ahead and get with the King. Hey. Let's do this, man. It's, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, I want to shout out Bundle by B. I didn't have my homegirl T on here. I called her to, to jump in, the, in the, uh, the show because Carlos wasn't around. But T actually is a little under the weather as well. So uh, she won't be able to make it. Uh, Matthew wants to know if he can hitch a ride to the Super Bowl. Wait, to the Super Bowl or to the parade? Which one? Either one, I'm down. Come through with me, Matt. Let's do this. Um, let's see. T-Dive says that Matt Jones is playing the Tom Brady playbook. So is that Matt? Matt? First of all, Mike White. Can we talk about that for a second? I really think Mike White is the best option for the Jets. Hopefully he's not injured too long. I know they spent the number one or, a, a you know, a first round draft pick on the quarterback this year. 
Mike Jones looks he looks real. He looks comfortable. He makes some some solid throws. He looks super confident. I'm gonna tell y'all. I would be more concerned about Mike and not and not concerned like I think he could beat us. Mike White is not that. I keep wanting to say Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. I keep wanting to do that. But Mike White. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm um let me see if I got any more shout outs to make anything in here. Uh, I feel like that that's everybody and that's everything. Shout out again. I just want to shout out everybody from over the weekend that came out and party with me at Resurgence. It was it was like the time of my life. It was a great time. We had a great crowd. Uh, the Bills Mafia Babe showed up. BNMC showed up. Uh, the the Market Dominator, my man John Spaschek showed up. Everybody showed up. It was a great time. The beer is awesome. Get out. Go try the beer. Go try the beer. I'm gonna tell y'all. If y'all ain't had it, I don't drink beer. It's actually good. Um, it's it's in consumers. Uh, so get out to consumers beer and try it. Get out to Wegmans. When y'all get it, snap a picture. Tag me. Let me see it. This is the label in case you weren't able to see it. Um, get out there and go buy that beer. And and the, the proceeds of the beer are still going to the uh, the child and, and family services in Buffalo. Uh, hopefully, we're actually just looking to benefit those of the, the Haven House. So the Haven House specializes in taking care of people who are escaping a domestic violence situation. So, hey, get some stuff out to them. We also did a food drive. We got some food for them. We're we doing some stuff for the holiday. So go get that beer. Support people. Nothing is coming to me. Drink it up. Drink it up. Drink it up for the game. And y'all know how I do it here. I'm going to do it like I always do it. Take care of each other. Love each other. And live in peace. And as always, stay positive. Test negative. Go Bills. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.